When the conspiracy theories come true on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 312 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Saturday, December 31st, 2022. Just so you you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8, 2022, the day the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this really different kind of talk show, we're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show is called When the Conspiracy Theories Come True for a Reason. But it's only part one because I just can't fit everything into one episode. You know, every once in a while I come across an observation that just stops me in my tracks. I follow a guy named Viva Fry on Twitter. He's a law partner with a great Robert Barnes in the Barnes Law Firm. I hope you have ears to hear what he said because it is profound. This is the quote. Here's what he said. Just appreciate this reality. Mao Zedong, Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Vladimir Lenin, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-il, Pol Pot. They did not think of themselves as evil. They actually thought they were acting for the greater good. This has been my hardest red pill to swallow. Okay, have you ever thought about that? Because I honestly don't know whether I had ever thought about that or not. But I can't avoid it now. And that's, uh, that is profound. So, for instance, when Tom Hanks went on the, on the Today Show with Savannah Guthrie and the now disgraced Matt Lauer to plug his new movie, Inferno, back in 2016, they all thought at the time, and they probably still think, there was a serious global problem that had been identified and there must be an obvious solution that needed to be enacted for the common good, you know, to, uh, to benefit their fellow man, society, the planet. 
that. And right. I'm constantly talking about Malthusian theory. Malthusian yeah. theory. Yes, I know. I'm sure I, you I, are. I, I, it says it on one of the coffee cups <laughs> I was given. You know, when I graduated, when I was in junior college, Chabot Junior College, we finished a history uh, course, and the professor wrote up, you need to learn this word. He wrote up the word triage, which represented, I was told, the concept that eventually the world will have too many people in it mm. in order to subsist on its own. And that stuck with me for a long time, and that's what Inferno was about. A, a, the quantum physics of overpopulation in, a, in an instant, there could be too many people on the planet Earth, and actually the math does add up. Just give us a 20-second definition of Malthusian theory, which is amazing. Well, that's, that's what I'm built for. Okay, so now, who is this Malthus guy, and uh, and what is Malthusianism? Because this is uh, this is very important. Reverend Thomas Robert Malthus was a British demographer of the late 1700s and was the first to popularize the idea that there's simply too many people using up too much resources. How many cars, stereos, fancy bars? How many people could the world support? Well, it depends. It's a sliding scale. Malthusian ideology is often summarized in the following graph. Very simple graphs which project what's going to happen to the planet over the next 150 years if we don't do something drastic to stop it. It's an ideology, an eschatology. Here we can see a chart that looks at the total world population over the last several hundred years. And at first glance, this is a bit scary. And it spawned a new genre of fear that lasted for generations. The fear of overpopulation. Okay, now, the guy that you heard toward the end of that clip talking about the scary chart, it's Bill Gates. Microsoft Bill Gates. Now, remember, you and I may see Bill Gates as a really bad guy, and rightly so. I can't get this out of my head. He, he sees himself as a good guy who recognizes a problem, Something he thinks is a problem, something he's been taught all his life is a problem. And uh, he wants to do something about it for the for the common good now. For the common good. That's the idea. Here's more. Now the world today has six point eight billion people. That's headed up to about nine billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps ten or fifteen percent. Did you catch that? New vaccines being part of lowering the world population by ten to fifteen percent? Did you did you did you catch that? Because I know if you're like me, sometimes stuff just goes right by you. By the way, I should mention the last three clips are from the amazing new documentary from the Stu Peters Network entitled Died Suddenly. And so is this next clip, which is the reaction of a mortician named Chad Whisnett in Geneva, Alabama, a town I've been through many times, his reaction to what we just heard Bill Gates say. 
Well, common sense would tell you if you have a man standing in front of you saying he's going to reduce the world's population by 10 or 15 percent using vaccines, what does that mean to you? It means somebody's going to die because you put a vaccine in them. It doesn't mean you're going to save people. Uh, that's pretty much common sense in my brain. And But yet I saw him, I saw him say it. He said it. Uh, and... Here we are. I don't know. I, I'm just, here we are. I'm now an anti-vaxxer. I wasn't before. Uh, from what I've learned here with this and seeing what I've seen, not just in the funeral home, but, you know, what everybody else has had an opportunity to see, uh, I don't want to take any vaccine uh, because I don't trust the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, I, I just buried someone recently who... Who died suddenly? Was it sick? Uh, person in their 60s, uh, but otherwise was not sick. And uh, I met with the family, and uh, that was my first question: was what happened to it? Somebody mentioned to go on to Google and then type in "died suddenly" and find the news articles that pop up. And lo and behold, here's a whole listing of people. Of articles of people within the, that last week who died suddenly, younger people, older people, but a lot of younger people throughout around the world, famous people, athletes have just dropped dead without explanation, and it's like it's no big deal. It's like we just don't know. Uh, it happens, but no, it's it's not happened. It's never happened like this until now. Now, did I mention the fact that this uh, Malthusianism that uh, Tom Hanks and Matt Lauer and Savannah Guthrie were talking about on the Today Show in 2016, this fear of overpopulation and dwindling resources has been continuously debunked for years, for generations. If you want to see some of the Brilliant refutations of Malthus's overpopulation scaremongering. Go to a website called AmericanThinker.com and do a search on AmericanThinker.com for the guy's last name, Malthus. M-A-L-T-H-U-S. It's important. Look, it's important because these people believe this, and what they're doing is affecting all of us. So... You might want to look into it. Also, if you want to see this documentary, it is 68 minutes long, and it is mind-blowing. This died suddenly. Don't even think about trying to find it on YouTube. They wouldn't allow that much truth on their platform. Now, if you type in died suddenly on YouTube, Oh, you're going to get all kinds of uh, uh, video news reports of people who did die suddenly because they they, they just they can't stop that. You you you'll get you'll get uh, network news reports on on famous people who died suddenly. You'll you'll get uh, uh, local TV news reports from all over the Western world from people you've never heard of that died suddenly, but but they won't they won't allow. The documentary, because that's too much truth for YouTube. So 
if you want to watch this documentary, and you really need to, because sooner or later you're going to know somebody who dies suddenly. It's available on rumble.com. So when you go to rumble.com, search for the name Stu Peters. Now, his, his first name is spelled unusually. It's, it's S-T-E-W, like B. Stu. That's, you know, that's not how you would expect it. But anyway, search for his name, Stu Peters, and there you will be able to see the Died Suddenly documentary on Rumble.com and prepare to have your mind blown. Death rates have gone way up since they rolled out the COVID vaccines and embalmers are discovering blood clots that are sometimes several feet long and they're rubbery. They obviously were not naturally produced in the bodies of the deceased. Again, what's the name of today's episode? When the conspiracy theories come true. So the overpopulation slash dwindling resources myth is just that. It's a myth. God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. And he certainly has not rescinded that command at any point since the garden. But it is only human nature for man to believe we know better than our creator. So the globalists the World Economic Forum people, are intent on controlling the whole world and everything in it and everyone in it. Again, now, again. Because in their minds, they are the good guys. They want to control all of us for our own good, which is why Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, told us back in the fall of 2020, before the presidential election was stolen, by the year 2030, you don't own anything, you'll have no privacy, but you will be so much happier. This guy actually believes this, okay? So, do you remember Jane Goodall? Boy, there's a blast from the past. The anthropologist who has been studying gorillas since before most of us were born. I was shocked she's still around. She's 88 years old. Okay, now you're about to hear her in her own words wishing that most of us were dead at a recent talk that she gave, you guessed it, at the World Economic Forum. We cannot hide away from human population growth. Because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there were if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. So now, estimates put the world population 500 years ago somewhere around anywhere from 430 million to 500 million. And right now... They say that we recently crossed the 8 billion population mark for the earth. So Jane Goodall and those who think like she does lament the fact that over 87% of us are alive today. They think we would be better off dead. 
And from Bill Gates' little speech we played a few minutes ago, it sounds obvious that a few years ago when he gave that talk, he would have been happy for a so-called vaccine to be a part of the plan to reduce the world's population. He also talked about reproductive health care, which is the euphemism for for abortion, for killing babies. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Bill and Melinda Gates, oh, yeah, big, big pro-aborts. They especially like to push it in the third world, you know, where most folks don't look like them. Just saute in that. Now, remember, though, Bill Gates, Jane Goodall, Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum, billionaire, billionaire George Soros, who goes about wrecking economies wherever he can, they all see themselves as the good guys who just want to be part of the solution. They just want to make the world a better place. For that matter, anyone who has investigated Dr. Anthony Fauci cannot help but come to the conclusion he is a really bad guy, but he himself is firmly persuaded. He's one of the best. Definitely better than just a good guy. Why, to oppose Anthony Fauci is to oppose science itself, right? He said it. Now, having built on that, let's discuss some of the lengths people will go to to try to change the world for the better, at least as far as they're concerned. Now, if you're of a certain age, you have heard of serial killers, people like Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, uh, John Allen Muhammad, the uh, D.C. sniper, Timothy McVeigh. But every once in a while, a different kind of serial killer makes the news, a very different kind of serial killer from all those names that I just mentioned. These murderers don't blow anything up. They don't shoot anybody. They don't stab anybody. They don't strangle anybody. They don't bludgeon any of their victims to death. They usually don't even rape them. In case you're wondering, Doc, what are you talking about? Well, have you ever heard of nurses who kill? Oh, yeah. There have been a number of them over the years. As a matter of fact, when I did an Internet search a couple of days ago as I was trying to write this script for this episode of the Doc Washburn Show, I discovered there is a television series, a documentary television series entitled Nurses Who Kill, which has been going on since the year 2016. So there's certainly no shortage of real-life cases of serial murderers who happen to operate in healthcare settings until they get caught. Now, today, I will present evidence that this is going on on a wide scale basis. Have you ever heard of DARPA? D A R P A. It is the Defense Advanced. Research Projects Agency, 
a research and development agency of the United States Department of Defense responsible for the development of emerging technologies for use by the military. Now, here I am talking about COVID, the Wu flu, the China virus. Here I am talking about the mRNA, which is not a vaccine, it's the gene therapy. And uh, by the way, hat tip to my friend Stephen Finnegan, who used to fill in for me when I was um, doing local talk radio back in Little Rock, Arkansas, because early on, when I would have been fired with no notice for criticizing the vaccine, and I didn't know much about it, early on, when he would fill in for me, he would talk about it being an experimental gene therapy and not a vaccine. And it's just by the grace of God that they didn't tell me, hey, Doc, uh, this Steve Finnegan guy, he's slamming the vaccine. He can't fill in for you anymore. I I don't know how he got away with it. I have no idea how he got away with it. But he did, by the grace of God. Now, how does the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, a research and development agency of the United States Department of Defense, fit into all of this. Give me a couple of minutes, and I'm going to tell you. Don't go anywhere. Look, if you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage. You may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA, that believes in freedom. The freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they will drive it to you no matter where you live. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can determine what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River, your way. Makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live in the continental USA. RedRiverYourWay.com, and you will be glad you did. All righty, we are so excited to have Mike Lindell and my pillow. As sponsors of the Doc Washburn Show, my wife and I just love sleeping on our Giza Dream bed sheets. We love our my pillows, guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. I'm wearing my new my slipper moccasins. I had no idea slippers could feel this good. We love our my pillow towel set. They're so luxurious. By the way, when it was 15 degrees. About a week and a half ago, 
where I live in broad daylight and I had to go grocery shopping, I wore my my slippers, moccasins, with no socks, and my feet did not get cold, 15 degrees. I'm just saying. I don't know if Mike Lindell wants me to talk about that or not, but it's true. Anyway, Mike's passion is to support American entrepreneurs and bring manufacturing back to our country. For years, people approached Mike Lindell with great products but had no way of marketing them. Now, mystore.com has been created to give those people a voice and a platform to bring you their amazing products made right here in the USA. MyStore.com has all kinds of great deals on automotive products, bath and beauty, books and video, clothing, decor items, food and drink, garden and patio, health, home improvement, household essentials, kitchen and dining, personal care, sports and outdoors, toys and games, and so much more. Plus, right now, you can save up to 50% on Giza Dream sheet sets. Get them for as little as $29.99 by using the promo code DWS. Save up to $90 on my slippers, slip-ons, and moccasins. Mark down to just $49.98 by using promo code DWS. And right now, get a six-piece MyPillow towel set for only $44.98 by using promo code DWS. We are honored to be affiliated with a great American patriot like Mike Lindell. Now, some of Mike's items are marked down up to 80% off if you make sure to use promo code DWS. Now, remember, that promo code DWS does not stand for Debbie Wasserman Schultz. No, 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 no. Let's make sure we get this straight. DWS stands for Doc Washburn Show. MyPillow.com and MyStore.com to get the savings. Use promo code DWS. All right, now, DARPA. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, a research and development agency of the United States Department of Defense responsible for the development of emerging technologies for use by the military. Now, listen closely because Dr. Chris Shoemaker, comprehensive physician in Ontario, Canada, and member of the College of Family Physicians of Canada, is going to tell you exactly what DARPA knew and exactly what they kept from us. Important thing to realize is that... North American science spent 15 years figuring out what to do with the next COVID. It was back 2002, 2003, the original SARS-CoV-1 occurred. And so all sorts of experiments went on to determine what would be a useful response were something similar to occur. And the research was done. It was research was all done by 2015, 2016. And DARPA, D-A-R-P-A, the American research arm of the U.S. military, it specifically knew and specifically recommended and passed the information on to the CDC that ivermectin in particular was the absolute number one product to be used in the event of a coronavirus pandemic. It was fully known that ivermectin and certainly hydroxychloroquine as well were highly antiviral and immune modulatory. And those two things were the key to 
modulate the immune response plus to be antiviral as well, those elements were both totally proven in vitro and in vivo with animals so that it was known and of course we knew it was completely safe for humans because these medications have been used for 35 to 40 years in humans and so that's what was sitting there ready to be used at the next pandemic they knew they knew okay but they're not the only ones that knew it's unbelievable. You know, I, I, I guess the deep state really does believe in Malthusianism. I mean, why else would you keep this information from your citizens? Why else would you put the word out to governors of the 50 states and state health departments that ivermectin is just horse paste, that it doesn't help with COVID? that it's actually harmful. Why else do they want to make Terry Bradshaw look like a fool when he got all up in Aaron Rodgers' business for not getting the jab and called ivermectin horse paste? By the way, Wikipedia, Wikipedia still says ivermectin doesn't work. But I'm here to tell you it saved my son's life last year. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. We, we now have breaking news from GB News. Stands for Great Britain. It's a big news network in the UK. The World Health Organization also knew the vaccines were not safe before they were rolled out. Here is consultant cardiologist Dr. Asim Malhotra. We just we just got this from GB News in the UK. So the question is now, what is the prevalence of that and how does that relate to the benefits of the vaccine? And we've analyzed that as well. And, you know, the, when we look at the um, cardiovascular effects in particular, um, certainly the original trials uh, suggested that serious adverse events and the most common of those serious adverse events are issues relating to clotting. So heart attack, strokes, lung clots, for example, were higher or more likely to get a serious adverse event than ones to be hospitalized with COVID. What was most extraordinary, though, when I I was doing my own investigation analyses was discovering the fact that the World Health Organization, Lawrence, had endorsed a list when the vaccines were being rolled out of potential serious adverse events to look out for. And we look at that list, it's extraordinary. And essentially anything and everything that can go wrong with the heart is on that list from heart attacks, pericarditis, um, arrhythmias, atrial fibrillation, heart failure. It's all there. And that's what we are seeing in the community. Certainly those are the patients, some of those patients I've managed myself. I noticed psychosis on there as well, which I think some of our uh, jab fanatics um, quite in, quite enjoy. <laughs> They're shouting at me in my ear again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate. It's interesting you say that because what happens with the spike protein from the vaccine, it seems to be distributed in every organ system in the body. And for some people, unfortunately, it can cause either a direct toxicity or an autoimmune reaction. And that includes the brain, the heart, 
guts, the liver, the kidneys, the ovaries, the testes. And I think that's probably why the WHO put that list out. And they put that list out based upon four bits of information. Uh, you know, side effects, serious side effects from other vaccines, uh, you know, which may have been very rare, but still possible. Um, animal studies, the technology that was being used, and COVID itself, certainly COVID in severe cases, uh, people who were hospitalized in intensive care seem to cause uh, problems in, in, in multiple organs. It's certainly not the case for mild COVID. In fact, you know, interestingly, a few weeks ago, the Times newspaper headlined uh, with uh, even mild COVID linked to heart disease and strokes. And I looked at the research on which that headline was based, and it was um, the complete opposite, actually. The, the, their research found the opposite. Mild COVID is linked to less risk of a heart attack. And there was certainly no, uh, no risk, increased risk of mild COVID and things like myocarditis, for example. So there's a lot of misinformation out there. And a lot of it, unfortunately, in my view, Lawrence, is being fueled by a very powerful vested interest. You've got to remember the pharmaceutical industry have got a lot of power and influence, both visible and un invisible, unchecked power over many, many years. They exert their power over academic institutions, over the regulator. I mean, our regulator in the UK, the MHRA, gets 86% of its funding from pharma. Um, independent scientists in the BMJ, Donald White, sociologist, he actually said the regulators, um, you know, they're not independent. They're not rigorous. Uh, they withhold their data. They're selective. And as long as they're captured by industry funding, the public must know that they cannot be trusted. And this is a real crisis, um, something that we've never experienced before on this scale. And I think it will ultimately go down as a big scandal. And the scandal isn't so much that mistakes were made. You know, I think we made a mistake at the beginning. I think the scandal is that when the information started to um, evolve and come out showing that there were serious harms, that they, the medical authorities turned a blind eye buried their head in the sand. You know, in, in medicine, you know, science evolves. You know, doctors can make errors, information changes, but patients and the public want their doctors to be honest. And I have conversations with patients all the time saying, listen, we thought this was true at the time. Things have changed. Can I, can I ask we you? I want to ask something too. They knew. Why did they hide it? They knew. Follow the money. That's number one. And number two, follow what they actually believe. They believe in Malthusianism. They believe we have way too many people on this whole earth, and we need to get rid of some of them, like Bill Gates said, through vaccines. Anyway, uh, the interviewer at GB News in the U.K. is going to ask uh, Dr. Asim Mah Mahalter something. Can I ask you something yeah. just quickly? Everything you're saying makes sense to me because I think critically. Why are there so many people who think the opposite? Why are there so yeah, many? So, great, great question, Lawrence. So it, I think it, one of the things, uh, we've talked about this before, I think you mentioned it, is fear clouds one's ability to engage in critical thinking. And many of us, you know, many people still, most of us, I would say, at the very beginning, were under a lot of fear. I mean, I, I think we're, many, many people are still suffering from a form of PTSD from when we went to lockdowns and when we were seeing all these things on the media, you know, uh, images from China, from Italy, people very, very sick. We didn't know what we were dealing with. Uh, I was even one of those person. I remember getting groceries from the supermarket and using a Dettol spray 
to clean the packaging around the soup before I opened the vegetables, for example, because we didn't know, you know, how uh, contagious this was and how serious it was. So a lot of fear clouded critical thinking, and that's still a problem. And then the other issue is something called willful blindness, you know, where uh, organizations, in this case, institutions, are turning a blind eye to the truth in order to feel safe, avoid conflict, reduce anxiety, and protect prestige and their reputations. And in fact, that's something that Andrew Bridget also mentioned in his speech. So I think we need to understand what we're dealing with when it comes to having conversations with people who are literally um, have uh, not just ignorant, but the illusion of knowledge. Essentially, they, they, they become fact hesitant. What, what role would you say the British Art Foundation have to play in this? And uh, are they fit for purpose yeah. as an organisation? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I've worked with the British Art Foundation in the past. They've got a lot of very good people there. Uh, I helped them in the campaign around getting access to defibrillators, something I wrote about many years ago, that we need more public defibrillators to reduce the, you know, people dying from cardiac arrest. So I know there are many good people there. I think the problem with the British Heart Foundation, certainly in relation to the COVID vaccine data, um, they have come out with public statements which essentially say there is no link between cardiac arrest and the vaccine, there is no link with heart attacks, and at best, um, Lawrence, those statements are uh, outdated and misleading, and at worst they're blatantly false. So they are not rigorously analyzing this data. Absolutely not. Okay, you're not going to hear this anywhere else in the mainstream media, with a possible exception of Tucker Carlson. He might. When he gets back from vacation, first week of January, he might. You never know. But that'd be about it. But wait, there's more. The Epic Times has a new article entitled, Pfizer's Shots Aren't Safe and Were Never Shown to Be. In an article dated December 27th, 2022, written by Dr. Joseph Mercola, the Epic Times, E-P-O-C-H, brings the receipts. MRNA spike protein wasn't the only thing autopsies found in people who died shortly after getting the jab. Combined with insurance data sets showing the increase in deaths had a 1 in 390 billion, 632 million, 286,180 chance of occurring spontaneously. Let's round it off. Combined with insurance data sets showing the increase in deaths had a 1 in 391 billion chance of occurring spontaneously. This is a dagger through the heart for Pfizer and their crew. Story at a glance. Here are the bullet points. Dr. Catherine Edwards, a member of Pfizer's Data Safety Monitoring Board, was previously a paid advisor to Pfizer. Now, data safety monitoring boards are supposed to be independent, but they aren't independent if members have previous relationships with the company. Next bullet point. German autopsies found highly unusual tissue inflammation in people who died shortly after getting the jab, and investigators 
suspect the inflammation observed would be fatal. They also found spike proteins in the tissues of the deceased, but not another key part of SARS-CoV-2. This suggests the actual virus was not part of the problem. The only possible source of the spike protein was the jab. Third bullet point from the Epoch Times. Data from the German health insurance provider BKK, which covers about 11 million Germans, show a little over 2% of COVID jab recipients sought medical care after their jab. That's probably underreported, by the way. The, the, bullet point number four, the largest German statutory health insurance data set, which encompasses 72 million Germans, shows massive increases in sudden and unexpected deaths after the COVID jabs rolled out. Bullet point number five, December 13th, 2022, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis petitioned the Florida Supreme Court for a statewide grand jury investigation of crimes and wrongdoing committed against Floridians related to the COVID-19 jabs. He also established an independent public health integrity committee to analyze and assess federal health guidance before they're implemented in the state of Florida. God bless them. Would that all 50 of our governors would do that. God bless them. So, I recommend you take a look at that over the Epoch Times. Article from December 27th, 2022, by Dr. Joseph Mercola, entitled, Pfizer's Shots Aren't Safe and Were Never Shown to Be. Now, perhaps you're aware of the recent COVID Twitter files. The federal government leaned on Twitter, Facebook, and other big tech, Google, Verizon, Wikipedia, Instagram, YouTube, to censor the truth about COVID. Now, I don't know how you do that with Verizon, but I know they met with them too. The federal government leaned on big tech and social media to censor the truth about COVID and the truth about effective treatments. So people died. People died. I'm old enough to remember when Democrats used to say, Bush lied, people died, about weapons of mass destruction and um, the invasion of Iraq. And some people think he did and some people think he didn't. How come nobody's saying Fauci lied, people died? Is anybody saying that? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Calling out uh, those who lied and contributed to the deaths. Now remember, um, Mr. Kennedy has a medical condition which has attacked his larynx, and it makes him sound unusual when he speaks. By all accounts, other than that, he's very healthy. Whenever I see video of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. speaking, 
Um, he's well-dressed and looks healthy. But um, his voice, because of this medical condition, uh, which uh, somehow or another attached to his, his larynx, his voice box, makes him sound really unusual. So I, I don't want you to be impatient with him. The, the, the clip is a little over two minutes long. And um, I wouldn't play it if he just wasn't, again, bringing the receipts, because he certainly is, and uh, I think he deserves to be heard. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You think about this. I got expelled from Instagram because of vaccine misinformation. But Instagram and Facebook cannot point one single erroneous statement that I ever made. Everything we post is vetted, it is sourced and cited to government databases or peer-reviewed publications. When they use the term vaccine misinformation, they are using it as a euphemism for any statement that departs from official government policies and pharmaceutical industry profit-taking. It has nothing to do whether it's true or false. It only has to do with what the political implications are. And who is doing this censorship? It's government officials in league with Bill Gates, with Larry Ellison, with Mark Zuckerberg, with Sergey Brin from Google, and with all of these Internet titans. They have engineered not only the destruction of our democracy and our civil rights, but they have engineered the biggest shift of wealth in human history. $3.8 trillion from working people to these handful of billionaires, many of them from Silicon Valley. This pandemic has impoverished the world and created... 500 new billionaires. And those are the people who are strip mining our economies and making themselves rich. And is it a coincidence that these are the same people who are censoring criticism of the government policies that are bringing them trillions of dollars? People aren't stupid. We can see what's happening. We can ask the question, qui bono? And the answer is the people who are benefiting are the people who are squeezing away our constitutional rights and engineering the destruction of democracy worldwide. Qui bono. It's Latin for who benefits. My goodness, y'all. Let's take a look a little bit further. Do you remember fellow named James O'Keefe and his organization called Project Veritas. That ring any bells? He first he first uh, came to prominence when he blew up Acorn, using that term metaphorically. Does a lot of undercover videos. Well. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to give you what uh, 
James O'Keefe and Project Veritas have come up with about Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And what better way, what better day to do it? Because today's his last day as a federal employee, so they say. I wouldn't be surprised if they let him sheep dip. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't trust any of them anymore. Let me say that again for our West Coast audience. I don't trust any of them anymore. I'm talking about the federal government. I'm talking about our intel agencies, including the FBI. I'm talking about all our members of Congress, with a few exceptions. A few exceptions. Um. Anyway, that's coming up straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. Look, I've been talking about how the world is going crazy, and I've just given you 45 minutes of it, right? Not just COVID. With supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. Now, we all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people like you and me were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became better off while mom and pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we willing to do about it? What can we do about it? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores? If you can get the items you need from a family-owned company. Now, finally, we can shop Factory Direct at a family-owned, made-in-America manufacturer. Switch to America.com is helping Americans walk away from the big-box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America.com was created with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family-owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. A lot of Patriot influencers have come on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow of the big woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We are done with the woke globalist operation against humanity. No more Malthusianism, okay? Each of us can take market share away from these big businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. The website is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers all over America that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. Switchtoamerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to switchtoamerica.com. When it asks how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn. Plug in your info, and I'll have one of my guys contact you. Switchtoamerica.com. All right, now, time for me to tell you about the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo? How about problems with your blood sugar? There's a lot of that going around, right? Psoriasis, migraines. The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you even if you don't live in Arkansas. Let me tell you how. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. 
It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it is designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks every spring all my life. Had bad migraines, too. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away, and it's never come back. The migraines also went away for good. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, migraines, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped me, they've helped my wife, they've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation is 501-279-2009. Now, if you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, click on the tab that says find a doctor near you, and I hope you can. All right, you want to save money on your monthly cell phone bill? Let me tell you the best way to do it. Patriot Mobile. America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier is a way to do it. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar, every dollar they earn, to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes, as well as multi-line users. I know I'm saving money. When you switch to Patreon Mobile, you're shifting your support from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patreon Mobile. When you become a Patreon Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. Switching is easy. Just go to patriotmobile.com or call their U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use the promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. Now, if you're a conservative-owned business tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas, switch to Patriot Mobile. They now offer competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. Switch to Patriot Mobile Business. To learn more, go to business.patriotmobile.com or call the 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Use promo code DOC. DOC for free activation. That's business.patreonmobile.com or 469freedom. All right, now, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas, what did they find out about Fauci and the Wu flu? Project Veritas has obtained never-before-seen military documents regarding the origins of COVID-19, gain-of-function research, vaccines, potential treatments which have been suppressed, and the government's effort to conceal all of this. 
Dr. Anthony Fauci has testified many times before Congress stating that the U.S. government was never involved in gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They gained in lethality. It's a new virus. That's not gain-of-function? According to the definition that is currently (laughs) operable, we're not going to get anywhere close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. That assertion is based on the NIH's definition of gain of function. However, the documents we've obtained refute that. The documents in question stem from a report of the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, better known as DARPA, which were hidden in a top-secret share drive. But what is DARPA? They are an agency under the U.S. Department of Defense, which facilitates research and technology with potential military applications. Project Veritas has obtained a separate report to the Inspector General of the Department of Defense, written by the U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow. Major Murphy makes claims in his report to the Inspector General that, if true, could be damning to the official narrative that has been played out to the world over the past two years. Major Murphy's report states that EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA in March 2018, seeking funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. DARPA rejected the proposal because the work was too dangerous and could violate the gain-of-function moratorium, despite EcoHealth's position that it would not. According to the documents, the NIAID, under the direction of Dr. Fauci, did not reject the proposal. They went ahead with the research at Wuhan and several sites across the U.S. So here's the question. If the Department of Defense, the same people who make our nuclear arsenal, felt this research was too dangerous to proceed with, why in the world did the NIH, NIAID, and EcoHealth Alliance recklessly disregard the risks involved? Um... I think the question kind of answers itself, don't you? Today's episode, remember, is called When the Conspiracy Theories Come True. Because they have. All these different entities knew, they knew, they knew, they knew. And they kept it from us and they lied to us. There's a great old movie about the war crimes trials that the Allies had after um, World War II. And it was set in Nuremberg. Yeah, Judgment at Nuremberg. And uh, every once in a while it comes on the Turner Classic Movies. You really ought to watch it. Well, there was this constant refrain from the... uh, the Germans who were on trial, I was just following orders. How many people would say that nowadays? Have we ever had Nuremberg trials about this stuff? Because a lot of people are dropping dead from the vaccines. Not that many people from COVID. There are people who died from COVID. But remember, they keep on telling you There's a financial incentive for the hospitals to chalk people up as COVID deaths, even if they're not. Remember? When the conspiracy theories come true. Michael P. Singer, S-E-N-G-E-R, is a columnist over at Tablet Magazine and the Brownstone Institute. Consider what he said. Here's the quote. It is pathetic 
how easy it was to cow the entire Western intellectual class into silence about the worst suspension of civil liberties since the Second World War using a handful of propaganda slogans and a banal censorship campaign across elite institutions and media platforms. You ever thought about that? Philip Greenspun, professor at MIT and Harvard Medical School, responded to Brother Singer by saying that a Dutch professor friend of his said in May 2020, all of the rights that Americans fought and died for in multiple wars to defend, they gave up. And all it took was one governor's press conference. That's true, you know, we did. All right, hold on to something. Because I got a clip from Steve Bannon's war room, Dr. Naomi Wolf tells Steve Bannon, the CDC and the FDA both knew the vaccines were killing people by the time Joe Biden took office in January 2021. This is about uh, 2 minutes, 17 seconds. Another gigantic, shocking tragedy, a huge story broken by the War Room Daily Clout, Pfizer Documents Research Volunteers um, under the leadership of Amy Kelly. This is a post-marketing team report three stroke system organ class review of 5.3.6. And the headline is another mass murder um, that Pfizer brought about. Uh, There are two categories of strokes in the Pfizer documents, um, both of them horrific. In this adverse event category, one is bleeding around the brain, other is clotting in and around the brain and and strokes that involve venous pools within the skull, um, both very serious events. The Pfizer documents show that starting in December of 2020, meaning when everybody from the president on down um, was saying safe and effective, and then into 2021, new administration, that that president, the spokesmodels, the heads of the CDC and the FDA saying safe and effective, Pfizer knew that within 41 days after the rollout, this is post-marketing, um, 275 subjects sustained strokes. Of those, one in five died. Um, Half of the strokes took place within 48 hours after injection. So 61 people died of stroke. And again, half the strokes were two days after the injection. Emergency use authorization process approved this unanimously. Am I incorrect? The FDA and their advisory council both unanimously seeing what that are you are you saying Pfizer didn't show this these documents to the FDA and CDC or that the CDC and the FDA saw it and still gave emergency use authorization for this vaccine ma'am it's worse than that Steve December 2020 they had the emergency use authorization every one of these documents on which this report is based was in the custody of the FDA the White House would have known about it in certainly in the new administration and yet with the emergency use authorization as they're watching people die as they're watching 61 bodies pile up Pfizer concludes there's no serious adverse events 61 people dead one in five of the people who sustained stroke events half of those stroke events within two days after injection this is just two countries 41 days after all that they kept going as they're watching people die 
So they want you dead. Have you heard what's going on up in Canada? There's a short new article in The Federalist entitled Universal Healthcare Ends with the Government Telling You to Kill Yourself. And it's written by Kenneth Shrupp. Today, Canadians are experiencing a three-word addition to what Ronald Reagan called the nine most terrifying words in the English language. I'm from, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you kill yourself. They added the last three words. Soon after the announcement that Canada would expand its medically-assisted suicide program to include those with mental illness, the popular Canadian department store chain, Simons, issued a new advertisement celebrating the policy. The video features a woman saying, Last breaths are sacred. You just have to be brave enough to see it. She says this over a montage of her being wheeled to places of natural wonder. The Simons Department Store's logo is featured prominently at the end of the commercial. Amid global outrage over the video and the policy, the Canadian government has announced it will actually delay the, uh, the expansion of the assisted suicide program, but the battle is far from over as the underlying issues driving the policy remain unchanged. Having produced a fantasy health care system that ultimately deprives Canadians of basic physical and mental health services, the Canadian left now offers medically-assisted suicide as the compassionate and fiscally responsible solution to their failure. In 1984, the Canadian left slapped together a single-payer health care scheme by which citizens would pay into a provincially administered, federally and provincially funded health care system. See, they have provinces, not states. That provides access to most health services at no extra cost with a mission to, quote, protect, promote, and restore the physical and mental well-being of residents of Canada and to facilitate reasonable access to health services without financial or other barriers, unquote, but maintaining a low-cost, easy access, government-run health care program in a large democratic country with a growing dependent-to-workforce ratio just isn't working out for Canada. Low pay for medical professionals who still have to pay for college and medical school has created an acute shortage of doctors in a country that once boasted one of the best doctor-to-population ratios in the world. Doctors can only bill the government $31 per patient. They can only see a maximum of 50 patients per day. And they can't bill for time-consuming tasks like checking labs, writing referrals, and conducting physical exams. Because raising taxes to pay for more doctors is democratically unpopular, and obliterates the promised cost savings from government-run health care. Growing health care expenses are deducted from the general budget, 
which leaves less money for every other program and results in more government borrowing. As a result, federal debt in Canada has exploded. Inflation has shot to record highs, and Canadians now must wait half a year to see specific physicians, by which point they're either feeling better already, suffering greatly from lack of treatment, or dead. In this grim situation, reconciling leftist goals of providing no extra cost care for all with fiscal reality requires a shocking technocratic solution, eliminating the excess population to relieve them of the suffering inflicted by progressive utopianists. This is not an over-exaggeration. According to the National Post, big newspaper in Canada, the woman in the advertisement, the now-deceased 37-year-old Jennifer Hatch, who's in that commercial from the Simons Department Store chain in Canada, only opted for assisted suicide after her years-long attempts to secure proper health care failed. For 10 years, Jennifer Hatch, from age 27 to age 37, was bounced from specialist to specialist. And when she could even see one nun had a background in Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, the genetic but manageable illness from which she suffered. Before her death, Jennifer took to Canadian television saying, I feel like I'm falling through the cracks. So if I'm not able to access health care, am I then able to access death care? And that's what led me to look into it. The official Canadian assisted suicide program. As Canada's healthcare system experiences more challenges and its suicide program expands over time, cases like Jennifer's will tragically become even more widespread. Given that one out of five Canadians experiences mental illness in a given year, that means eight million Canadians could be eligible for suicide. Anyone experiencing depression from losing his job due to COVID vaccine mandates or being unable to find affordable housing due to increased demand from recent immigrants paired with a shortage of skilled construction workers and progressive-driven building labyrinths will soon be encouraged to put themselves out of state-induced misery. Medically-assisted suicide may soon become more prevalent in the United States as prominent members of the Democrat Party are moving ahead with promoting a universal health care morass of their own. If the widespread adoption of assisted suicide in countries with, unis- in countries with universal government health care is any indication, there's little doubt the Medicare for All plan supported by leftist luminaries like Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, and Elizabeth Warren would soon include suicide for all. Indeed, medically-assisted suicide is a Democrat-supported issue and has been adopted in 10 Democrat states and is being pushed for in more. Should Democrats gain enough votes to pass universal health care in Congress, they'll have enough votes to approve assisted suicide to save millions of our citizens from the humiliation of health care shortages and suicide Democrats' universal health care fantasy must be helped to its end. Yeah, there's a reason I was reading to you an article about what's going on in Canada, because 
the same people who have been keeping the truth from us about the clot shots, the vaccines, want government-run health care. Okay? Now, speaking of wanting you dead, Dr. Paul Merrick, M-A-R-I-K, co-founder of the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance and former chief of the Division of Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine at Eastern Virginia Medical School, spoke recently to a subcommittee hearing to Senator Ron Johnson. And Dr. Merrick has the receipts. Here he is. In my hospital, I was banned or discouraged from using off-label drugs, which we use every day, methylprednisolone, vitamin C. My hospital would not allow me to use vitamin C. We're talking about basic, safe drugs, and it's an outrage. What they wanted me to use was remdesivir. Where remdesivir, we know, and this is not controversial, we know, according to the WHO, Remdesivir increases your risk of kidney failure 20-fold. Remdesivir will increase your risk of developing renal failure 20-fold. It increases your risk of dying by about 4%. It has no place in medicine. Yet the federal government will give hospitals a 20% bonus on the entire hospital bill if you prescribe this toxic medication. So you can see how the hospital and the healthcare systems are now subservient to industry rather than being what's best for their patients. Well, I would say subservient to not only industry, but also subservient to the governor, the, the government, right? All right, I, I, I want to share with you, if I may, the, uh, the story of Ryan Cunningham, an emergency services manager in corporate America. But 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 wait a minute. Let me, if I may, let me just let me just digress for just a moment, okay? Um, all the Democrats in the U.S. Senate and eighteen Republicans recently voted for the omnibus bill to fund the government for another nine months. They voted for this just a few days ago. You know, we talked about it. Uh, the government's not allowed to spend any more money on border security, and they voted on this. So do you think a single one of these senators insisted on cutting the budget for the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, or NIAID with all we know, with all that's come out? Roy Blunt, John Bozeman, Shelley Capito, Susan Collins, John Cornyn, Tom Cotton, Lindsey Graham, Jim Inhofe, Mitch McConnell, Jerry Moran, Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, Mike Rounds, Richard Shelby, John Thune, Roger Wicker, Todd Young. Are you kidding me? Do you think any of them said, no, you can't have my vote unless you cut the budget for CDC, FDA, NIH, or NIAID? No way. No way. They're not interested in what we want. If they were, they wouldn't have given a lot more money to the FBI, the CIA, and the DOJ. 
right? All right, now, Ryan Cunningham. Let me uh, let me get his story for you. Because this is one that um, I feel like you need to hear. He said, I got the COVID vaccine before most could as a healthcare provider and emergency manager implementing many of the policies of the so-called COVIDians days after I was transported to the hospital with cardiac issue, just days after I got the shot. He says, today I'm in heart failure. From working out twice a day and lean to my heart jumping to 160 beats per minute, sitting still, my endocrine system is now gone, and my weight gain is over 70 pounds more than what I weighed before. He says, serious questions for the doctors and homeopathic providers. What are, you, what are your suggested remedies and supplements? Non-medical advice, of course. He says, here goes my story. First, let me give you a bit of background. I have a master's degree in emergency service management. I happened to specifically study a pandemic and when the government would violate civil liberties in the name of safety. In corporate America, I worked as an emergency services manager for a fully integrated steel plant. The same facility President Trump visited and helped reopen in 2018. This is where it gets interesting. How are government, big tech, and corporate America connected as it relates to mandates? Many states have fusion or disaster response centers. These centers have a business emergency operations component to them for the private sector. The goal of these fusion centers have liaisons with all the major businesses and keep them in the know with the actions of the government, and get buy-in to support initiatives. Seems harmless until COVID happened. Yeah, big time. Let's see, where was I? When the government imposed many of the mandates, they knew those mandates were mere guidance, but if they could get big tech, major media, and corporate America on board, they could have these entities implement administrative or workplace policies. How do I know? I was shamefully involved in the process. In my gut, it didn't feel right. But I made videos and marketing materials supporting others to get vaccinated. I interacted with these fusion centers, and I helped implement many of the initial mandates. Now, again, this is Ryan Cunningham. He says, because I had a health care provider license and was on the team, I was one of the first to get vaccinated myself, and that's when it all took a turn for the worst. For those who judge today, at the time, there were no horror stories. I was one of the first. Days later, after my vaccine, my heart was beating out of my chest, and then I thought I was going to die. I didn't know where I was. I was saying my last prayers at the time. I was in great shape, working out twice a day. Off to the hospital I went. Let's remember, I managed an emergency service department, including an ambulance division. When I got to the hospital... I was told six other healthcare providers had a similar reaction to mine, but all felt better after some time, and I too felt better in a few hours. At the time, only healthcare providers could get the vaccination, not the general public. I thought I was going to be okay, so I got a few days of rest and shook it off. All was not okay. As days went on, 
I would be sitting at my desk and my resting HR would jump up to 140 to 160 beats per minute. I was not doing any physical activity. I was afraid to say anything because I didn't want to lose my job due to health issues. I ignored it. Everyone wanted the vaccine at this time. I often wonder if the staggered rollout making the healthcare providers seem like they are elite to get it first was by design to create a fear of missing out with the remaining population. These fusion centers continued to push and work with corporate America to push the vaccination and give them elite access to vaccination clinics. These centers include local, federal, and state law enforcement. In fact, I was involved in the process of getting the CEO and senior executives of a Fortune 100 company early access to the vaccination. They flew to our location so they could get it because it wasn't available in other locations. As time went on, my health was getting worse. I was gaining weight at a rapid pace, and I did not feel great. I live in the deep blue state of Illinois, and the governor of my state has some of the most severe mandates. P.S. We're still in a disaster declaration in Illinois. What, what made me decide to stand up and fight back after all of this? It wasn't my deteriorating health. It was my children. My son has autism, and schools got to violate his services in the name of COVID. From a beach in Florida, I started a local nonprofit called Speak for Students. The goal was to advocate for kids and to stop the mandates. It was from this initiative that I met Thomas DeVore and John Rulin. I still ignored my condition. That's what I did. I fought for my children and other people's children to ensure they could have the free choice to mask or not mask, to vaccinate or not vaccinate. I helped my local county board pass a mask and vaccine choice resolution. I still ignored my own condition. After our success, Governor J.B. Pritzker of Illinois decided to put the mandates back in play at the request of the Chicago Teachers Union Local 1 and others. I wasn't having it. I saw how his emergency management staff was colluding with schools, local health departments, and corporate America. By this time, the company I worked for had shifted their messaging from the best of both to the best of all because he wanted to close the facility that President Trump helped to reopen. Why? Because steelmaking is not green So they sacrifice people for profits. He says, thank you, Elon Musk, for giving me this platform to share with others, to be continued. By the way, a guy I follow on Twitter who calls himself Low-Key Ray and says he's a black conservative who hates both parties. He's out there saying, if someone told you that there was a carefully engineered plan to depopulate American citizens while simultaneously replacing them with low-education migrants who will be granted amnesty, then work permits, and then voting rights via open borders, would you believe them? Now, why don't most of the Republicans who represent us in the United States Senate care that millions of us believe this? We do believe it. This is the conclusion we have come to. Why don't they care? 
Why did 18 of those Republican senators just vote for a $1.7 trillion spending bill which forbids spending another penny on border security and gives more money to the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, the CDC, the FDA, NIH, NIAID. Why, 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 why do you think that is? Well, again, they don't care what we think. They want to run the party. They don't want to be accountable to us. What's the name of today's episode? When the conspiracy theories come true. By the way, Loki Ray also says, if you believe it, then look across the pond and you'll see the same process playing out in Western Europe. Record numbers of illegal migrants flooding into the European Union. Now, Congressman Thomas Massey from Kentucky, one of the few members of Congress I believe does care about us, just tweeted this out. He says, COVID mRNA shots can have serious side effects. COVID mRNA shots do not prevent infection or spread of the virus. COVID mRNA shots do little, if anything, for those who've had COVID. COVID mRNA efficacy wears off quickly if it exists for the new variant. And COVID mandates. You know, it takes a lot of guts to tell the truth in Congress. Steve Kirsch has been telling the truth about this bioweapon they call COVID-19 over at Substack for a long time. And I want to share with you his latest. I believe I at least owe that to you. It's from December 28th. It's called Two-Foot-Long Clot. Pulled from a living person is the new normal if you are vaccinated. He says, those odd rubbery clots are now happening on a regular basis in not only the dead, but the living too. For some reason, they're only affecting vaccinated people. Weird, huh? He says, I talked to a nurse with 23 years of experience, and she never heard about clots longer than a few inches in her career until the vax came along. Now we're seeing blood clots in kids as young as 8 to 12 years old but only if they've been vaccinated. He says, here's the report I just got today, for example. And here's the quote from his nurse friend. Some time ago, I texted you a video called Died Suddenly. It was about finding huge blood clots in people who were in good health, but died very suddenly. I sent the same video to a customer of mine. Well, this morning, I got a phone call from him, his 58-year-old brother who lives in Arizona, in decent shape was out running. All of a sudden, his heart stopped. He fell into a bush. Through the grace of God, there was a doctor running by at that exact moment and saw it happen. He started CPR, and they got the guy to the hospital. He's still alive, but they found a two-foot blood clot in him. Two feet long. The only way to find out if he has more clots is by doing a full-body MRI, which the hospital is saying he doesn't need. By the way, the guy was vaccinated and boosted three times. Steve Kirsch says, I'm trying to see if this person will talk to me, but so far, for some reason, nobody wants to talk about it. 
nor will they say what the pathology report on the clots returned. Then he says, Consider this comment, which points out that removing an intact two-foot-long clot is unprecedented. The key word is intact. So he's got a comment from a guy named Clark who is responding to one of his substacks. Clark says, I worked with vascular surgeons for 24 years and quit prior to COVID, so all our patients were unvaccinated insofar as COVID. I have seen clots primarily in the lower extremities longer than a foot, but mostly on ultrasound. In most cases, anticoagulation is used. In cases where clot removal or surgical thrombectomy is needed, the clot would not come out as an intact piece or unit. It would break up into pieces. So as I commented below, I've never seen anything resembling these fibrous clots in operating rooms. I have no idea what they are. Steve Kerr says, what is your experience with these clots? He says, so now we come to an important poll of the day. Please do not answer the poll unless you've seen one of these clots. I will post the running results to Twitter, but you already know the answer to this one, don't you? Only something they can ingest, inject into you could cause damage like this. And uh, he's got almost 700 comments in response to that very brief article on Substack. That's just amazing. It's just remarkable. Now, let me share with you a thread the great Steve Dace wrote almost a year ago. And I wish that I could have said it the way he said it. January 7th, 2022, Steve Dace, national podcaster based in Iowa, says, we have a serious problem which must be addressed, and it's a lot of what I believe Ted Cruz is really getting widely criticized for, which I agree with, by the way, despite considering him to be a friend, but it's broader than just Ted. I'll address it in this thread. He says, first, Let's stipulate to an undeniable truth of history. Whoever has control over the flow of information in any society ultimately has control. To that end, see this tweet from my buddy Kyle Lamb, who works for Governor Ron DeSantis, in response to what he's seeing this morning from the Supreme Court hearing on evil and unethical COVID jab mandates. So Kyle Lamb says, It's really sad how misinformed the justices of the highest court in the land are on this disease. It shouldn't matter, as it should be about the law. But since they're making it about the disease itself, it would help if they weren't citing utterly false statistics. Here's a quote. Those numbers show that Omicron causes as much severe disease and death in the unvaccinated as Delta did. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you an actual quote just now from a Supreme Court justice. This is how grossly ignorant they are. There is no data in the world that shows that. Among gyms so far, there are unprecedented levels of people in hospitals. False. 
Hospitalizations are growing tenfold. False. Omicron is just as deadly as Delta. False. More Supreme Court misinformation. Phil Kirpin has this. He says, this is just absolutely astonishing. Sonia Sotomayor, you remember her, the wise Latina? She says 100,000 children are in serious condition. Where do these people obtain their, their misinformation? The current national pediatric COVID census per Health and Human Services is less than 3,400. Many and most are incidental. Again, this is January 7th, 2022. Kyle Lamb, who works for Ron says, to add to the list of COVID misinformation on January 7th, 2022, from the Supreme Court, Supreme Court Justice Breyer said that 99% of the hospitalized people are unvaccinated. What, he's just pulling that out of his ear? Also, Phil Kirpin says, sounds like Breyer just asserted that the OSHA mandate would prevent 100% of daily U.S. COVID cases. Yeah, 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 he's got the screenshot. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, and another one. He says that I forgot to add. Justice Breyer says there were 750 million new COVID cases yesterday. Okay. There are 330 million people who live in America, which means everyone apparently got COVID twice in the last 24 hours. Uh, And somebody here responding says, that gaffe pales in comparison to thinking that unvaccinated are responsible for 750 thousand cases a day no it's 750 million not thousand i thought briar was a lib but he was like you know intelligent kyle lamb who works for desantis continues january 7 2022 today at least a third of your supreme court justices have cited no fewer than half a dozen falsifiable claims about covid19 that even PolitiFact would rate as false if being fact-checked as if it were a tweet or story. It's a sad day for the United States. He says, and lo and behold, even PolitiFact did fact-check the Supreme Court. They said, Justice Sonia Sotomayor said during oral arguments today, we have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before in serious condition, and many on ventilators due to the coronavirus. Even PolitiFact says That is false. Okay, Steve Dace continues. Furthermore, I did a Twitter poll recently, which almost 10,000 people voted in, asking how many people believe Trump is even aware of COVID doctors, experts, sources, independent of the corporate narrative, given Trump's continued support for past lockdowns and repeated jabs now. He says 80% voted they don't believe Trump even knows who doctors, experts, sources like Dr. McCullough are. And I wholeheartedly agree with that majority sentiment. Or at the very least, Trump does know and has willfully chosen to ignore them. Who knows? Either way. Every day for almost two years now, I get feedback from listeners, viewers who cannot believe 
what they hear other alternative media people say about COVID. With questions like, do you know these people? How can they not know this stuff, etc.? He says, frankly, more people need to learn the lesson I had to learn the hard way the last few years and become more radicalized informationally. Understand this comes with a danger or the ultimate danger everyone in this business fears being deplatformed, shunned, ostracized, etc. Unfortunately, we're in an era now when simply providing an alternative take on corporate media spin while still assuming corporate media largely provides correct information, that's, that's null and void. We're beyond bias to full-throat, spirit-of-the-age deception delusion now. And that means the ground is bad. It doesn't need a new or better fertilizer. It needs to be raised, R-A-Z-E-D. The water table is contaminated. The source is corrupted. Therefore, we can no longer, as a movement, as an industry, as a party, etc., continue with a paradigm of providing an alternative take on agreed-upon information. The information itself is bad. Thus, it is no longer enough to create streams of alternative analysis. We must now create reservoirs of alternative information. If you are simply analyzing corporate media information, you're doing the intellectual equivalent to helping to spread Zyklon B. Ooh. Boy, that's strong right there. Wasn't that, um, wasn't that what they used in the gas chambers in World War II in the concentration camps, Zyklon B? Let me let me let me just double check. Cause I believe it is. Yeah, Zyklon B, translated Cyclone B, was a trade name of a cyanide based pesticide invented in Germany in the early twenties. Uh, it consisted of hydrogen cyanide as well as a cautionary eye irritant and one of several Absorbents such as diatomaceous earth. The product is notorious for its use by Nazi Germany during the Holocaust to murder approximately 1.1 million people in gas chambers installed at the Auschwitz, uh, Majdanek, and other extermination camps. Okay. Steve Day says there is no there there. There's nothing righteous there. Those are dry bones, the mainstream media. When they tell the truth, it's either accident, mistake, or to set up a different lie later. There's no information in corporate media anymore, only intent to deceive. It's not news, only narrative. He says, I understand accepting this reality makes our jobs harder. My job is easily more stressful than ever. And, of course, rival gaslighting will emerge to compete with the established variety, which makes the truth more elusive. Tribalism begets tribalism. Some will demand their untrue narrative is now pushed in response to the other's untrue narrative and attempt to justify it because accepting one sector's gaslighting is too much to bear. However, zero times zero is just zero. A dueling lie never leads us to the truth. At the same time, accepting the premise of unfiltered and unapologetic propaganda and then explaining yourselves from there doesn't make you reasonable. You're a mark. You've been had. And I get this because I had previously been had. 
I couldn't believe they would just make up Kavanaugh as an undiscovered marauding gang rapist allegations out of thin air, but they did. Then I couldn't believe a decorated veteran and patriot like Robert Mueller would allow himself to become the useful idiot or wanton tool of an obvious coup attempt, so there had to be something there. But there wasn't. I was wrong about that, too. Dead wrong. In fact, at this point now, I have a choice to make. I can hold on to my self-righteous assumptions and continue to be self-deluded or admit a difficult and very inconvenient truth. He says, I admitted the latter, and I'm not the smartest guy in the room, that I don't know better, that I can't just assume things anymore. And it was that admission that prepared me for the greatest delusion still to come, COVID stan. Steve Day says, I believe Ted Cruz accepted the premise of the enemy's January 6th narrative because that's where he gets most of his information. And if it can happen to arguably the most conservative member of the U.S. Senate, it can happen to a lot of big names. And I have previously, he says, and I have previous exchanges with Ted and his office on the topic of COVID that reinforce my conclusion. If you accept the information premise of the enemy, you will eventually disseminate the information premise of the enemy. Bad information corrupts good character. He says, I cannot tell you how many named conservative figures or politicians, etc. I have shared factual information with on COVID they had never heard before, including people in the Trump White House. How could I know of these studies and this data before they did? Steve Day says, I have a successful show, but I'm no big-name superstar. He says, I've been on Fox News primetime a grand total of five minutes once my entire career, so it's not like people are coming to me with this information. I had to go and find it. Brother Steve Dace, I know the feeling. I do know the feeling. By the way, he's over on uh, Blaze TV. He says, if your name is Senator so-and-so, people will come to you with good information. If your name is President Trump, they will do it all the more. The question then becomes about you. Will you continue to check the Politico tip sheet first thing in the morning, Senator, or will you listen? Will you fire Fauci, Mr. President, or will you let him wreck your presidency? He says, more folks with serious platforms are going to have to give up the assumption that every time their base comes to them with something that totally contradicts the established narrative, it's because they're crazy. Instead, they need to humble themselves and realize they're crazy for continuing to accept the established narrative. And then putting your conservative spin on it doesn't make you smart. It makes you a conserver of a lie. Again, you're the mark, not the man. Otherwise, we're going to continue to see more unnecessary self-immolations like what happened with Ted Cruz this week. That, what he's talking about there from January 7th, 2022, is when Ted Cruz said that January 6th was a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol. And then he went on Tucker Carlson, and Tucker Carlson basically told me he's a liar. That's what he's referring to here. 
Anyway, Steve Day says, for the same forces lying in our media are lying in our government because they are one and the same and colluding with each other. Now, remember, this is almost a year before Elon Musk let the Twitter files come out. But Steve Day's new. He says, which brings me back to my buddy Kyle, Kyle Lamb. He said, you know why he's working in Ron DeSantis' office in Tallahassee, Florida? Because Governor Ron understood if he was going to challenge COVID stance successfully, he needed real data. He couldn't just do it on a pro-liberty instinct. Because while Americans care deeply about their liberty, they care even more about their health. So the question is, is it safe had to be answered just as much as is it constitutional. And Kyle Lamb is part of Ron DeSantis' effort. It's why the government has hosted Dr. Martin, Martin Kaldorf and Dr. Jay Bhattacharya for events. He hasn't vo- avoided experts. He's actually sought them out. DeSantis has followed the data, which folks like Kyle Lamb analyze and share, not just an alternative spin on the narrative of COVID stan. DeSantis has made Florida free by freeing it from the COVID stand information delusion. Floridians know they're free and safe, as do DeSantis's political opponents, which is why so many of them still hypocritically vacation in the state he governs. Ron DeSantis didn't just act on constitutional instinct, but he realized if he can't trust these people on the law of the land, he probably can't trust them on public health or anything else for that matter. What DeSantis has done is a political prototype for how we need to deploy in the future. It's not enough to assume the information is biased anymore. Start now with assuming it's actually disinformation and go from there. He says, I know this threat is long, Thank you if you got to the end. God bless him. God bless him. By the way, did you know the FDA approved first oral blood thinning medication for children before the vaccine rollout for kids age 5 to 11? Hat tip to Andrew White over the National File. That's where the article is, nationalfile.com. What is today's episode called? When the Conspiracy Theories Come True. Now, this is a shock. There are a lot of shocks today. Did you know there's actually a local TV station that is telling the truth about the mRNA shots. It's called KUSI in San Diego. And here's what they are saying. Vaccinations continue to be pushed out, even though they've been proven to neither prevent infection nor the spread of the COVID-19 virus. There are better and safer ways to treat COVID early action, according to certain medical experts. KUSI's Logan Burns was joined by... Dr. Jeff Bark, B-A-R-K-E, to discuss some of these better options. 
Local TV station actually did this. San Diego. The shots don't work. They don't prevent infection or transmission. And they are interfering with your immune system's natural functioning. Our, our, our um, bodies were never designed to have a vaccine or a biologic agent force us to produce a non-human protein, which is what these vaccines are doing. That's not what a vaccine traditionally does. We should stop using the language that this is a vaccine. It's not. It's a genetic, biologic, therapeutic. It's not a vaccine, and the program should be shut down, in my opinion. Well, unless you live in San Diego, because I don't know any other local TV stations that are doing that, unless you live in San Diego, don't you wish you lived in a place that did do that? I mean, it's just remarkable. Dr. Roger Hodkinson is a Cambridge University-trained medical doctor who is a board-certified pathologist in the USA and Canada. And Dr. Roger Hodkinson wants vengeance. Listen, what's happened over the last three years has been the biggest avoidable catastrophe in human history. Period. People are dying as we speak. And in medicine, you don't mess around when people are dying. You act. And that's what you all have to do. You have to act. Because without acts, there's not going to be any progress. We're not going to see ourselves digging out of this dystopian future. I am viscerally outraged. If you want to know how I really feel, buy me a scotch. I want vengeance. In the courts, due process, I want vengeance. Nothing these mad technocrats worked. And a better term would be idiocrats. Nothing worked. Mass social distancing, hand-washing, testing, of which I know a lot, travel bans, lockdowns. We've been prisoners in our own country for three years. I was prisoner in my home for two years, and if it wasn't for my dear wife going out there and taking it every day, I would have been in jail. Thank you very much, Nicole. Stand up and be counted. A strong brother. Um, I got to hope that more and more voices will be heard. This is one of the reasons that um, the liberals, the deep state, corporate media is freaking out about what Elon Musk is doing over at Twitter. He's saying, why bother with uh, newspapers who give you news a few days later? Why don't I just get the news right now? He's a threat to them, so pray for him. Pray for him. Little children, let me beg of you to not lose your patience when your friends, family members, even people at church say things to you like, well, we all got the polio vaccine when we were kids. Why don't you want to get the COVID shot? God bless them. They don't know what they don't know. 
please be patient with them. Please be kind to them. Please listen to them. Please answer them softly. If you think they are sheep, okay, all right. You can make a case for that. But remember, as far as our Lord is concerned, so are you and I. There before the grace of God, go I. Here's Dr. Peter McCullough. Twitter is just one social media company. What about YouTube? Uh, what influence does the government have in writing community rules? What about Facebook? Uh, they're up. Another one is Instagram. Uh, you know, this artificial intelligence used about from Instagram uh, using facial recognition, all different types of AI to identify, quote, COVID misinformation. Misinformation is a propaganda term. We've covered it on your show. It appeared in the English literature in 1500. Uh, it was uh, word of the year in 2018 before COVID. Washington Post uh, for its use in partisan politics, extensively used in Nazi Germany by the Office of Propaganda. And then now applied in COVID-19. There's actually journal articles written about misinformation. There is no such thing as misinformation. It's not a scientific term. There simply are scientific data, multiple points of view, doctors forming their opinions. There's no role for misinformation. Misinformation uh, should be expunged from all the credentialing boards, all the medical boards. Uh, They are now on a propagandized mission to hunt doctors who stand in the way of a needle in every arm. Yeah, they are. Dr. Peter McCullough there. By the way, did you know the new COVID boosters hardly do anything at all? Yeah. Zachary Stiber over the epochtimes.com article entitled New COVID-19 Boosters, Just 30% Effective Study Finds. According to a new study, the new COVID-19 vaccine boosters barely provide any protection against infection. The boosters from Pfizer and Moderna were just 30% effective in preventing infection, according to researchers at the Cleveland Clinic. Now, the Cleveland Clinic's been around for a long time, has a great reputation. They're not known to be uh, anti-vaxxers. The effectiveness falls below the 50% effectiveness required by the World Health Organization and originally recommended by the FDA. U.S. regulators have since stopped requiring any clinical efficacy at all. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Got a link. I think I'll click the link. From September 1st, 2022. Data for newly authorized COVID-19 boosters based on mice, not humans. Yeah. The preclinical data for the just authorized COVID-19 booster shots, September 1st, 2022, are based on just mice, not humans, because U.S. authorities believe waiting for human trial data would have made the updated boosters outdated. The data for Pfizer's booster was based on just eight mice, That's what Pfizer scientists told the FDA vaccine advisory panel in June of 2022. The data from Moderna's 
Booster was based on 16 to 20 mice, some of which received the original booster, according to a presentation slated to be delivered to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's advisory panel on September 1st, the CDC. So, yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I'm just, I, I can't. I just, I can't, I can't read the rest of it to you. I just, but um, article from December 21st, 2022, Zachary Stieber, S-T-I-E-B-E-R, new COVID-19 boosters, just 30% effective study finds. Cleveland Clinic study, by the way, Cleveland Clinic. So that's, you know, you know, mainstream medicine actually getting the truth out there. Okay. Dr. Robert Malone is the inventor of the mRNA technology that was used by Pfizer and Moderna to develop their COVID injections. He didn't much like that idea. Here's the latest from Dr. Malone. It's not adequate to only consider the short-term adverse events as related to the vaccine. We must acknowledge that the genetic COVID-19 genetic injections cause far more harm than good and provide zero benefit relative to risk for the young and healthy. They do not reduce COVID-19 infection, which is treatable and not terminal. Furthermore, the most recent data demonstrates that you are more likely to become infected or have disease or even death if you've been vaccinated compared to the unvaccinated people. This is shocking to hear, but it is what the data are showing us. The data now show that these experimental gene therapy treatments can damage your children as well as yourself. They can damage your heart, your brain, your reproductive tissue, and your lungs. This can include permanent damage and disablement of your immune system. Did you know that there are actually new Pfizer documents that were recently released that Pfizer thought they fought tooth and nail to keep us from seeing? What? You didn't know that? You haven't heard about that on uh, Fox and Friends, on Fox News? Your 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 favorite conservative radio talk show host hasn't hasn't told you about that? Really? I wonder why. Here is an attorney, Thomas Renz. With the release of the Pfizer documents just a few days ago, we saw that the actual list of adverse events of serious interest side effects that they were looking at was something like six pages, single space, small font. I mean, the, the list was hundreds of things that they were looking at, uh, which makes sense given that this is a new category of drug. By the way, uh, they changed the definition of vaccine so that they could make the, call these vaccines. Uh, we have Pfizer and Moderna documents. I can show you, take a look at the SEC filings, acknowledging that mRNA is a gene therapy. So that, to me, that, that conversation is laid to rest. Pfizer and Moderna have both admitted openly in federal filings that mRNA technology is gene therapy. So 
you know, this that makes it so that these are a new category of drugs. So if you're wondering why so many side effects are possible, it's because it's an untested category of drug. We don't have the 10 to 15 year development cycle you'd normally have, so they don't know what's going to happen. What's turned out to happen is a, uh, a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, it's a nightmare, all right. Good grief. That's a... Uh... I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I would uh, be remiss in my duty if I weren't, you know? Steve Barclay is a member of Parliament for Northeast Cambridgeshire. He's also Health and Social Care Secretary for the U.K. government. So I guess, unlike the, the USA, um... Members of the cabinet over there are actually members of parliament. Boy, that's bound to keep you busy. So guess what uh, Guess what? MP Steve Barclay just announced over there in Great Britain? Today we're announcing an extra 1,000 defibrillators as part of a million-pound commitment. We're encouraging communities to match that uh, and also come forward uh, as part of their bids with match funding. But this is about getting uh, essential defibrillators out into more community settings, like here at Stanford Hospital in Lincolnshire, where there's already five defibrillators, and people can then bid for more of those as we get them out into community settings like here at Stanford. Now, why, pray tell, would the Brits have to all of a sudden install defibrillators all over their country? Well, maybe the Northern Echo newspaper in Durham, England. Small town. Fewer than 50,000 residents in northeast England. Maybe that newspaper in Durham, England has a clue. The headline of the article reads, Durham Police Deal with Eight Sudden Deaths on Christmas Day. In a town of less than 50,000 people. I'm not talking Durham, North Carolina. No, 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 no. Durham, England. Now, I wonder why they would have eight sudden deaths in a town of less than 50,000 people on Christmas Day. By the way, everybody get your jab. Oh, and your booster and your other jab and your other booster. Right? That's what they still say. Do you see public service announcements from your state health department where you live? Because we have listeners in all 50 states, because I know I do where I live. I bet you do too, unless you're in Florida, where sanity took over a while back. Now, here is an example of, of the kind of propaganda that is still out there. A guy named Dr. Peter Hotez, who went on Joe Rogan's podcast last year, because, hey, Rogan, you know, he's not really an ideologue. So if he has somebody on that, you know, is on one side of a particularly contentious issue, then... You know, he'll invite somebody else on to give the other side of the story. Might be one of the reasons he's doing so well. Anyway, so uh, Joe Rogan had Dr. Peter Hotez on. And Peter Hotez doesn't like you and me. 
he thinks are anti-vaxxers. This is less than two minutes long, and then I got some things to say about Dr. Peter Hotez. Let's be clear. The anti-vaxxing lobby owns the internet right now they've what does that mean what that means is they've got they've put out now by some estimates 500 anti-vaccine websites now we know from the twitter files the the exact opposite is wrong the anti-vaxxers never owned the internet the feds were working with twitter facebook instagram google youtube everybody to clamp down on anything, any information, they call the vaccines into question. So the guy's lying, but he's nervous. So that every time you put the word vaccine into a search engine, whether it's Yahoo or Google, you're going to get anti-vaccine misinformation. That's number one. Second, we know now it's amplified on social media, like Facebook, uh, other forms of social media. So uh, third, um, you know, look at the Amazon site. I mean, it's it's incredible. So my book, this book, the good news is it's, I think it's right now it's the highest rated pro-vaccine book on Amazon. The bad news is overall it's ranked about 20 because there's 19 other phony baloney anti-vaccine books. So, ahead the, of it. so the Amazon is the biggest purveyor now of anti-vaccine books. And wait, it gets even worse. Then you also have now they've become politicized. They have political action committees in multiple states, lobbying state legislators about uh, um, applying them with false information about what vaccines do. So, and, and the problem is we don't have a robust system of pro-vaccine advocacy to counter it. So we don't really hear as much as we need to from the federal government, from the CDC, from the Surgeon General. So unfortunately, in this country, the defense of vaccines falls to a handful of academics like myself. And, you know, I'm an academic. I wrote a book. What what chance do I stand against this major uh, media empire? Why do you think that exists? Why do you think there is this major media empire that's against vaccines? That's a great question. What's the motive? What's the motivation? Yes. Number one and number two. Where's the money coming from? Right. But there's real money behind. There's millions of dollars behind this to put out phony documentaries and phony books. A major media empire against the COVID vaccines. Seriously, millions of dollars on marketing to warn against the COVID vaccine. Really? Where? Where has that ever been allowed? Not on YouTube, not on Facebook, not on cable news, not on your local TV news. This guy's such a liar. Pfizer is the entity that is spending tens of millions of dollars on advertising. Face it. They know. Okay? They know. Speaking of which, Elon Musk just posted on Twitter... Almost no one seems to realize that the head of bioethics at the NIH, the person who is supposed to make sure that Anthony Fauci behaves ethically, is his wife. Do you know that? Thank you, Elon Musk. Then then he linked to a National Review article by Brittany Bernstein from May 28, 2021, entitled, Fauci Argued Benefits of -of gain-of-function research 
outweighed pandemic risk in 2012 paper. Elon Musk tweeted, gain of function in this context is just another way of saying bioweapon. Some good nuggets some good nuggets in the article. Important to note that Fauci authored the 2012 paper arguing for gain-of-function research. Obama wisely put the gain-of-function research on pause. The only thing I can think of I've ever agreed with Barack Obama on. No, no, no. Barack Obama was saying, oh, that's, oh, that's too dangerous. He was right. He was right. A stop clock is, is right twice a day. Barack Obama wisely put gain-of-function research on pause, but Anthony Fauci restarted it. Elon Musk says, but despite these glaring issues, Twitter nonetheless had an internal Slack channel. Slack is the, uh, the app that the Twitter people would talk to each other privately on. Twitter had an internal Slack channel unironically called Fauci Fan Club. Thank you, Elon. Wow, man. Just wow. All right, it's that time. Time to say hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental USA. Today's Tweet of the Day is actually a thread of tweets. It's from a fellow named Mike Shelby. Now, He's a former Intel NCO and contractor, Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Iraqi Freedom veteran, and founder and CEO of something called the Forward Observer. So check it out, because I'm all about sharing stuff with you you're not going to hear anywhere else. Mike Shelby says, with a lab leak theory gaining mainstream exposure, now this was June 2nd of last year, With a lab leak theory gaining mainstream exposure, it's time to review a book called Unrestricted Warfare from 1999, written by two colonels from the Chinese People's Liberation Army. It is effectively a manual on how to defeat the United States. When it was published in 1999, the authors concluded that unparalleled U.S. conventional military might would force enemies to pursue other forms of warfare. In other words, non-conventional warfare. Are you with me so far? This is also a point made by Kilcullen. Enemies would resort to terrorism instead of a conventional war. Yes, David Kilcullen an Australian author, strategist, and counterinsurgency expert who is currently the non-executive chairman of Keras Associates, a strategy and design consulting firm that he founded. He's a professor at Arizona State and University of New South Wales, Canberra. And he's primarily known for theory and practice of counterinsurgency and conflict ethnography. 
Oh, that killed Cullen. So Mike Shelby says, that was also a point made by David Kilcullen. Enemies would resort to terrorism instead of a conventional war. After Desert Storm, war was, was redefined instead of the use of armed forces to compel the enemy to submit to one's will. It was now using all means, including armed force or non-armed force, military and non-military, and lethal and non-lethal means to compel the enemy to accept one's interests. To compel the enemy to accept one's interests, this is the Chinese understanding of war, by any means necessary. So, unrestricted warfare is defined as non-war actions, constituting future warfare, which transcends all boundaries and limits. The authors point out the U.S. military reliance on new technology, which almost always causes more problems than it solves. They also describe the myopic view of war held by Americans largely as tanks and bombs instead of non-war actions that could be used for war. The authors argue that China should develop new weapons, earthquakes, tsunamis, weather disasters, or new biological and chemical weapons that can be characterized as non-war but still used to prosecute a real war. The authors point out that literally anything can be weaponized, including a man-made stock market crash, a single computer virus invasion, or a single rumor of scandal, even media weapons that can disrupt an adversary. This revolution in military affairs will produce weapons that will control, not kill, in order to force the enemy to serve one's own interests. That's what these two colonels from the People's Liberation Army of China said in their 1999 book. In other words, the Chinese method of war would include subduing the enemy by forcing him to pursue his own self-interests, in other words, survival, instead of his geopolitical or strategic goals like protecting Taiwan. Here's a quote from the book. Use all means whatsoever, means that involve the force of arms and means that do not involve the force of arms, means that involve military power and means that do not involve military power, means that entail casualties and means that do not entail casualties. War will increasingly be fought by hackers, resulting in practically no bloodshed. Warfare no longer is an exclusive imperial garden where professional soldiers alone can mingle. The author spent considerable time on a new concept of weapons. Again, anything can be used as a weapon of war, and most weaponized things won't be considered war by the Americans. Tick-tock. And here we are. They point out that the USSR spent so much money on the military tech race that it collapsed. The U.S. is following in the same footsteps according to the authors, because there's no end to the technology race. At least in 1999, they saw this in America's future. You know, we really ought to prepare accordingly. But is anyone? I kind of doubt it. I don't, uh, I don't think anyone is. Now, this has been... Um, part one of when the conspiracy theories 
come true. And all I could deal with today was the China virus, the Wu flu, the COVID, the mRNA shots, the clot shots, the jab. On our next episode, we'll be talking about Ukraine. We'll be talking about Hunter Biden. We'll be talking about the elections, all kinds of stuff on the next episode. And I'll try to keep it shorter than today's. You've been listening to episode 312 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier X. And that's the way it is. Saturday, December 31st, 2022.